On December 31, 1999, people all over the planet gathered to ring in the new millennium. Millions of voices joined together to count down the seconds, and celebrations continued long into the night. But for some, the year 2000 was a terrifying prospect. Survivalists and evangelicals alike in the Western world warned that the second the clock struck midnight, catastrophic computer crashes would begin. Self-proclaimed experts claimed airplanes would suddenly be flying blind and warned that money in electronic bank accounts would disappear. A few even believed Jesus Christ himself would descend from the heavens and that the new year would be humanity's last. The apocalyptic scenarios predicted by these doomsdayers were varied and far-reaching. But all of the supposed calamities were known by a single name, Y2K. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Cults, a ParCast original. This is the 27th episode in our daily series on the strange prophecies made by different cults and their leaders. Throughout this month, we're taking a daily look at the myriad of apocalyptic predictions to try and uncover what makes these revelations so appealing. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Polson. Hi, everyone. Today, we're discussing Y2K. As the year 2000 approached, many worried that the computer programs that keep our world running in banks, airlines, and government would be disrupted by a technical glitch. In the midst of the growing public fear, several fringe groups took advantage of the pandemonium to make predictions on an apocalyptic scale. Fears about Y2K began as early as the mid-80s. Because computer storage at the time was costly, many programs recorded dates using only the last two digits of the year. For example, 1985 was simply stored as 85. This meant that the final two zeros in the year 2000 looked exactly like those in the year 1900 to software applications. Tech experts warned that the glitch could result in confusion and system crashes worldwide once the date changed on January 1st. Though the problem was identified well in advance, many industries did not bother investing in solutions until the late 90s. The last-minute moves to prevent impending disaster led many to worry the problem would not be fixed in time. Doomsdayers capitalized on the hysteria, fanning the flames of paranoia to advance their own agendas. In particular, libertarian writers like Kenneth W. Royce and Gary North warned that government social programs in the United States, like Social Security, could be at risk. Royce even wrote a book called Surviving Doomsday. In it, he advised readers to stock up on food and water in advance of a worldwide economic shutdown. Meanwhile, Gary North made similar claims on his website. In one of his posts subtitled, The Year the Earth Stands Still, he predicted, 
months before January 1st, 2000, the world's stock markets will have crashed. Who is going to leave his money in his bank if he thinks his bank's computer is not reliable? Other figures warn that the Y2K bug was the beginning of a religious Armageddon. Reverend Jerry Falwell proclaimed, Y2K may be God's instrument to shake this nation, to humble this nation. He also stated that the event could start a revival that spreads over the face of the earth before the rapture of the church. No matter what form the fear-mongering took, it succeeded in amplifying the messages of these fringe groups. It allowed them to peddle their books and videotapes to profit in the short term. Because the Y2K glitch was a legitimate technical concern, cult-like figures were able to seize on cherry-picked statements from experts and misrepresent the scale of the problem. Naturally, their prophecies all fit exactly within their existing beliefs. Hardcore Christian groups saw the coming day of reckoning as biblical. Radical economists pointed to the problem as verification of their distrust of the government. By the time the clock struck midnight on January 1st, 2000, they'd already gotten what they wanted. Their products were sold and their public profiles were augmented. Of course, their warnings were soon proven to be fraudulent. Throughout the world, there were nothing more than a few minor glitches and computer problems as the year 2000 rolled around. Public fear quickly subsided. Some of those in the fringe groups were disavowed, but figures like Falwell continued to have considerable public influence in later years. Like many cults, the Y2K doomsdayers seized on existing public anxiety and targeted vulnerable individuals. Many mixed technical language with religious rhetoric to confuse their audiences. Hopefully, in the midst of the next crisis, we can learn to tune out dishonest alarmism and prevent opportunists from making a quick buck by stoking paranoia. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to examine the predictions of another cult. You can catch our other episodes of Cults for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.